0: Everybody, how are y'all doing? Uh, my name is Eden Allegretti. Welcome to Seaside Storytime, a podcast where we dive deep into the stories of people living on the Cape, the magic that keeps us here, in the dynamic nature of the tides and towns. As I said, I'm your host, Eden Allegretti, and today I'm talking with my king, Peter Toto, P-town resident, local theater artist, and coincidentally also my best friend. Hello, Peter.
1: Hey, bestie. <laughs> What's up? How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be doing this with you today.
0: I am too. If y'all can't tell by the um, nature of our voices, that it is currently 922. And as young 20-somethings, this is early for us, so please, (laughs) (laughs) please forgive us as we go through this uh, next 20-something minutes together, but I'm stoked to have you here, Peter, and thank you so much for taking the time this
1: morning. Thank you for having me.
0: So, like I said, um, we are your resident 20-somethings in P-Town. I'm 24. Peter, do you want to share your age, or is that?
1: Yeah, I am bravely 25 as of (laughs) September. I'm a Virgo. Um, That's
0: huge. Also a Virgo. Somehow we work together.
1: I know brilliant.
0: I know, oh my gosh. So I would love if you could just introduce yourself for the folks listening in. Who are you? What do you do? And then we'll get into the rest of the combo.
1: Yeah, um, so I'm Peter Toto. Um, I am a, uh, a performer in town. I do um, uh, various things, uh, like a, a stand-up. Uh, I do some like piano stuff, some um, cabaret type of performances, a lot of like uh, one-off type of fundraiser performances. I do a mix of everything. And I'm, I've been in a couple of like, uh, scripted performances here. I did The Lady Hamlet here and The Fantastics and Farmyard Follies with Tina Burner. So I'm always a somewhere in town. <laughs>
0: Love, yeah. And Peter and I worked together at the Provincetown Theater, which is how we originally met. Um, Peter famously did interview me for the job.
1: I did, and it went so (laughs) bad. Like, not on Eden's part, but on my part. It was my first time ever having to interview people, and like, thank God the other person on the other side was Eden, because what a... (laughs) nice person to be dealing with.
0: Yeah, that was rough. I remember God. we had a group interview and everyone's cameras were off except the two of us. And it I was know. kismet and from there.
1: And it was it was on Zoom. And so it, there was 15 minutes where I just had to ramble alone and I had no one's faces. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if people are even still here. Like they could Not be in the real. other room with the TV on, you know, that was Honestly. rough.
0: Honestly, yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to hear... I know this is like a journey for everyone, mm-hmm. but how did you end up in Provincetown and why here?
1: Um, so I moved here right after um, graduation, literally seven days after, right. like on the seventh day, um, I'm after graduation, I moved here. On the seventh like God, day? Yeah. <laughs> Just like God. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, so. It definitely wasn't my plan to move here. I I went to school for theater, for musical theater, um, at the Boston Conservatory. And everyone I knew was moving to New York. And I just was, like, having a very rough senior year. I knew that was not my journey. And I knew that all the work that I was doing, um, like, just in, in various capacities was... It just didn't feel like New York was right for me. I felt like I wouldn't have been able to, you know, build the foundation that I was hoping for.
0: That makes sense, yeah.
1: But I had no idea what to do because the only other option was to move in with my family in New Jersey, which is like...
0: Girl, prayer four, for you.
1: And like 45 <laughs> minutes from New York City. So I'm like, what's, yeah. you know. Um, and so just out of the blue, there was this uh, email blast sent to all the students at BOCO. And it was... Um, a job fair for the Provincetown Theater and I didn't think anything of it I was like might as well apply I was like um, I had like enough admin experience to apply and And just
0: for clarification had you been to Provincetown before
1: yeah only only once before I think only once um, I went for thanksgiving 2020 so like not only was it like the off season it was also 2020 and i couldn't go home for thanksgiving so me and my roommates we were living in boston and we decided to do like a cute little retreat here and we just we did we like walked through the town but we obviously couldn't do anything right like you know yeah spunky or fun yeah any like event um so I didn't really know. But I knew that when I came here, I was like, wow, this place is really special. Yeah. Like, my roommate kept saying it's, like, um, it's all made of, like, cardboard, it feels like. Like, it might just all fall down, you yeah, know? Yeah, a Hallmark
0: and movie set. For yes. real.
1: Um, but, yeah, so before I hopped on this, like, Zoom call to for this job interview, um, that yeah, I'd only ever been here once. And then I... I thought nothing of it i was like it was a really really quick interview because of the way job fairs work and then like four days later they hired me which was so cool thank you to david wilson and then there's also obviously like the the housing situation was trouble right and um i almost i've never told you this i i almost got scammed with the housing Girl. opportunity, because I didn't, I didn't know that was like a thing people did. And it just, it looked very real. And this person almost like stole my money and thank God I didn't give him my money. Oh my God. On Facebook? Um, I think so, yeah. And it was like, have you seen those? Yeah. It's, if anyone's listening that like, this is a real problem that happens is like mm-hmm. people make these fake housing post because they know we live in a town with like a huge housing crisis. That's wild. Yeah. So I almost got scammed yeah. out of it. And, the, um, but then thankfully, yeah, the housing worked out. I shared a room with two J one students that summer. It was yes. crazy. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So that's what brought me here. And it's so like, it was a crazy mix of things. Right. And I saw some, um, Hillary Tamar, shout out to her, who is our mutual friend. Um, Uh, She said something, um, she posted on Facebook that, like, people, how how do I phrase it? Like, she didn't know um, how much she needed this place until she got here, basically. And I feel very much, very much the same. Where I didn't realize, like, where, like, just the, the thoughts that I kept repeating to myself or, like, what I needed to really address, you know, until I got here and I had, especially right after graduation which was like a weird whirlwind of four years oh my gosh yeah and like because COVID too. in the middle of theater school was like a nightmare so right right yeah
0: thank you for sharing all that that's
1: awesome
0: (laughs) I would love you mentioned a couple of things that I want us to just like circle back to why are you apologizing (laughs) this is something we need to work on as a generation (laughs) the over apologizing I'm not
1: sorry I am not you heard it here first
0: period um but you talked about First of all, a couple of things like what the town gave to you, especially coming out of graduation. Right. And then this housing crisis that we're all facing here, but especially like young people or low income folks or just folks that don't have as many um, points of access. Right. To the larger housing system here. And I do think I would love to hear from your perspective as a brave 25 year old <laughs> in Robbins, just like what do you feel like your experience has been as a a younger person, given the general population of most folks on Cape, but specifically in town, um, what has the town given to you? And kind of, like, what points do you feel like you hit a wall with here? If there are any.
1: Yeah. Um, I've described myself before as, um, like, an old soul with, like, new sensibilities because I think that there's so many, like, like even pop culture-wise, you know, I can tell you, like, who like tody fields is or i can list you like the all the tracks on like Judy Garland's Carnegie Hall album, you know.
0: Right. But Me I, not even knowing she had a Carnegie Hall
1: album. Are you kidding? Girl. Oh my god. We have a lot to talk about after we do, this. <laughs> yeah. Um huge. It was I, I won't get into it. But um but then also it's like i don't question when people have like, you know, like when people use they them pronouns or like right. that is not something that is like a joke to me you know
0: and not something that you've had maybe say a learning curve on whereas a lot of people here have like i think there's a good um sensibility of folks that are committing to that process right and like trying to learn but there's also like we're talking about like that wall that we can meet sometimes Mm -hmm. um And I definitely think that with younger generation, it's just something that we have grown up with and the digital age has helped a lot with that release of information. But sorry, keep going. Just wanted to... Yes, and I
1: talk a lot um, about how I've been like online my whole life. Mm -hmm. I have spent so much time on the internet and I think that has definitely helped me with like... um, I think there's two very distinct worlds um, of like the gay community. Um, And I think there's a huge... uh, divide between generations um specifically because i think of the AIDS crisis there's like this yeah th- so many of us don't have like queer elders in our life because yeah of they all died and it's awful and i think there's no way then to like really con- like it, it's really hard to connect um generations and so what ended up happening on the internet is that a lot of uh queer people found each other and they made their own communities and so then there became a lot more like a, a, a lot different like slang or different um just like
0: subsections of culture and yes. the dialect and, and the like, way we talk right? yes
1: and so i think it's there um it can feel very i don't want to say divided like they're at um you know i, I don't war, think they're. yeah right? but okay. i think they're very different and mm-hmm. um and i think i really understand like both sides of it like i uh, and so like i think coming here there was an aspect of it felt like i was like um I don't like. I was coming like home to myself a little bit, and I felt like there's, there's always been a part of me that like really felt very close to, um, like specifically gay men of like the late '60s, like if like um, the boys in the band and like the like the right before Stonewall um, type of experience. It's a very interesting time for me, and I think just the way they communicate and how they are, I'm very interested in. Yeah. Um, And then. uh, I think I I really connected with with um, some of the the older people in town here on um, that side of things, and then I also think there's times where I have to you know <laughs> like <laughs> is there yeah. someone
0: that knows how to work an iPhone literally here? <laughs>
1: like that like that yes so, Right. Sorry, what was the original question? I got no, 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 no. You're doing character.
0: great. And that's perfect because I want to take a pause here, actually, yeah. and just remind people who I'm talking to what this is. Everybody, this is Seaside Storytime, a podcast where we dive deep into the stories of people living on Cape, the magic that keeps us here in the dynamic nature of the tides and towns. This voice that you're listening to, I'm your host, Eden Allegretti. And today I'm talking with Peter Toto, who is the other voice on here, a P-Town resident, local theater artist, and also my best friend. Um, just coming back, we're talking 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 a lot about what it's like just being like a queer 20-something person in a general context. And I would love for us to, you know, and obviously this is a very queer centric town with a lot of queer people that live here, but bringing it back to what does that look like for you in Provincetown, right? Mm -hmm. This experience of being 25 and living here in this very like weirdly specific um, (laughs) experience of a little uh, harbor town on the water. So what has that piece been like?
1: Um, I know that's like, it's so... I mean, I I can speak so specifically for me. So whatever I'm saying is so is my, you know, experience. Of course, of course. Because I was was trying to think broadly about, like, what is it like to be 25 and gay? But
0: I think you were hitting (laughs) on a lot of really important points that folks feel throughout, right? Mm -hmm. And then here, how does that show up for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I think for me, when like, moving here really helped me get in touch with myself in a way that I thought I was mm. yeah. <laughs> and I really wasn't um especially like coming right out of of school and especially theater school when like it is I like I I, I was trained to do to be other people basically you know what I mean Hello, Like well. and I was trained to be very critical right um, to myself and um I think there is a, like I think that is valuable to to look at what you do with a critical eye, but also at the same time, I was doing it too much. Mm. And when I moved here, I was able to like, really embrace who I am and what I do and feel confident about it and not feel like there wasn't a place for it. Yeah. I feel like, um, like when I was in school, I, I, fo- I did a lot of work that was like um, miscast, quote unquote. So like, um, casting like, Girls as boys and boys as, as girls to make it, you know, to really dilute what that means, and um, it was often viewed as like a, um, a, a like it just like a, a fun project, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't actually like a space where it was just like, oh, this is just kind of fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then like when I was when I came here and um, uh, especially like my first summer, just seeing all the art people were making and being like, oh no, there's like really space for like whatever you want to do you know like so like obviously drag performers and I love drag performers but then there's like all these all these different types of acts that are like not trying to like I don't know how to phrase what I mean
0: not trying to fit in a certain box that has already been created
1: and I think because like like the people here really want you to like I am so excited to see a show where I'm like I I don't know what this person's, like, story is and I'm excited to find out what yeah. it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Instead of being, like, oh, this, is like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe. Like, it's, I feel like you can be a little less commercial and more, like, daring and people will support you. And yeah. I and that is been huge for me here because I am, I was so overly worried about, like, I, I need to be this way, I need to look this way, and I need to sound this way. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of, like, all those, it's funny even like talking about it because I felt like I feel like I've really just let a lot of that go. And I'm like, wow, I forgot that that was so much of what worried me like a year and a half ago when I moved here. Yeah. And now that I'm like, oh yeah, I don't think about that because I don't have to here. You know, like I can show up as Peter Toto somewhere and it's just like appreciated. Oh, which that's is who you
0: are. Of, that's so cool. Yeah. Right? And
1: that's, that is like such a relief. Yeah. And it was, and I obviously still have like you know the inner thoughts or whatever, but like there, I think Provincetown is is such a, a unique place in that aspect because like the amount of support you will you will get for being yourself right. is um is really beautiful, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think you hit on something, right? Like these thoughts that I was having—it's so ingrained in us as people. But you've talked to me about this a lot too—is like. This feeling of being understood and seen is so huge. And I think that as queer people, and especially like a queer performer, it's finally having an audience who can understand like the base level of like your jokes, and yes. things like that. You've talked to me about this a lot. This can you is, hit on that a little bit?
1: Yes, that is so huge. So that was like, there's like an open mic night around the corner for me when I'm in Boston, and I never actually performed there, but I would go. And it would just be these like really annoying like like skater bro types that were um, (laughs) (laughs) that were just like like making fun of the fact that there like was an open mic and so there were never like actually any comics and then they would they were never like explicitly like homophobic but I could tell if I was going to try out material
0: definitely an undertone yeah
1: like there was it was not like a safe place for me to like make gay jokes you know. Um, and then so like moving here and being having that that base level of understanding of just like I can go I don't have to explain things like I don't have to be the the th- thesaurus you know what I mean yeah. and like tell you or and uh, even I don't have to like dilute myself because it's like we all we all get it you know what I mean we
0: all are at the same base level understanding yes. here and here's where we jump from right?
1: especially like yeah and that is such a relief and like there are times, so like I make um, like internet content on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff, and um, there are times where it's like if I try to, I think I censor myself too much on there. But I like I if I film a video and I know that it is very like specifically uh, about like a queer experience, I'm like this isn't gonna do well because people aren't going to get it. You know what I mean?
0: That and also, like, the larger context of TikTok and Instagram and the algorithms at play. censor
1: and, people and right. it's awful. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I think that you're hitting on a lot of the beautiful pieces of living in this town, right? Feeling mm-hmm. understood and seen. And having, honestly, maybe even for the first time, like, queer elders that we can look up to yeah. and being in a place where we feel that, true sense of chosen family which I think is so beautiful I mean you are one of mine not to get so sentimental but truly and I think like that would not have happened if we were not together in this place but Mm -hmm. I do want to also touch on because I think this is really important right love this town it is incredible and especially as a 24 year old person myself um, it has taught me a lot but I also think there's a lot of barriers to being here can you talk about some that you might have experienced, especially as being a young person in this yes. town?
1: Um, well, I think as we touched upon, there is like a, a real housing crisis. And so um, like I want to start off saying that like I don't think anyone has like the right to live here. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to make it sound like there is just like. Like, oh, I deserve a house. Like, that's not what I, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I want to get into at all. Um, but I do think there, like, we are seeing the, um, be, that there are um, places that are short-staffed because there's nowhere for their employees to live. Right. And that's, and also those employees tend to be either, like, younger or low-income or, you know, what have you. And, um... And I think like what some people might not re- like realize is like the the charm of, of P town might is kind of then like fading away because like these people that that make us love it can't afford to be here mm. you know and that's really Say that. that's really hard um, and also I know that there are some people that are doing like incredible things to to keep it the way that that we love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and
0: I do want to, like, give space and shout those people out, you know, because I think there is a huge network of support in this town, and that's one of the things that I really love, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But regardless of how beautiful a safety net is, (laughs) I don't want to fall, you know? Yes, (laughs) it's true. No one wants to need to use it, and so... um, I do think the housing crisis is a big thing mm-hmm. that especially as younger people we experience because girl, it's expensive to be here.
1: It is in so, in so many ways. And it's like, it's expensive everywhere, but it's like really expensive here. Right. Um, and like, once again, I'm sure someone's listening to this and being like, well then move away. And like, that's <laughs> not the point, you know, the, that's not the point of what I'm trying to say. No. The the What I'm trying to get at is that it shouldn't have it shouldn't get to a point that it is this expensive because like no one is enjoying it then like you know what I mean like <laughs> why? I don't know maybe I just don't have the type of money where I'm am, <laughs> unbothered with, we're not
0: there yet girl. yeah
1: I don't like panic when I'm like buy a coffee you know yeah one day
0: (laughs) when i'm not buying an eight dollar coffee i will finally be able to breathe (laughs) um Um, but no and something else that you touched on earlier which i would love to touch on we don't have to talk about it so just veto if you don't want to but you talked about this sense of like and I know people are going to be on here like, well, it's just a pronoun. But this literal sense of like oh, yeah. using the correct pronouns and they, them and making space for genderqueer and non-binary folks in this town and what that looks like. Um, do you want to touch on that at all? I
1: would love to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to start off by acknowledging I do identify as genderqueer yes. and I'm comfortable with any pronouns um, I like he, they, she. All are completely fine for me, um, but I. There is a sense of like not necessarily understanding or not. Um, not like I think. Um, it's very interesting to me. Let me step up, <laughs> step back for a second because I think that there's. Um, we live in a town with a lot of open minds, and then it's like f- for some reason they are then start like parroting like. Um, like some like very closed-minded talking points, you know what mm. I mean? And I and it's so interesting cuz it's like, well, where does that come from? Like what at what point? And I hope this doesn't happen to me, but it's like at what point then is it like you just start neglecting your own like community or your own, you know what I mean? Mm. Or st- or um or you just like stop thinking that things can like be real because it's like too much or you know. So like Right. I think gender queer and gender nonconforming and nonbinary people are so like real. Like valid uh, and valid, yeah. Yes.
0: And deserve a huge space in our community.
1: Yes. And I think that there's like a history like I th- we want to believe that this uh, happened in like 2014, and that this is like you know less than a decade old, but it is like historically so not true. I mean, there was a non binary person in Massachusetts in like the 1600s, and I f- can't remember what they were called, but they went by like a name. I can't, it was like That's like so everybody's true. <laughs> friend or something like that. They, it was like something so strange, like everybody's friend. I, I can't remember. We'll Someone, get back to you in yeah, the next yeah, yeah, episode, literally. right? But, um, like, and that was. In Massachusetts, in, you know what I mean? Like, this is not...
0: Well, and this is something that has been with us since truly the dawn of time, yes. right? And understanding that what has come after that is the binary that we all created. And um, looking at, like, folks that exist outside of that are yes. so real. And how do we show up either as them, right? Me pointing at you, but this mm. is not a visual medium. Mm. Um, or to support and make space and points of access in a town that is pretty truly, like, white and gay. Yes. Um, You know? And so, like, finding out how do we open those spaces or just, like, what has an experience been like living as a young person like that in this town?
1: Yeah. Um, And I know, like, there are... There's, like, a a decent amount of, like, genderqueer people in town. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to, like act like there's there aren't any. No, you know no, what no, i mean no. um but i think it's like there's so many like i i a lot of people try their hardest and i really really appreciate that you know what i mean yeah. i think that's great i like if if you just use the wrong pronoun that's really fine and i think a lot of people think it's going to be like some crazy thing if you like mess up someone's pronoun i think like no if it's really not that serious right but like the jokes about it are just, like... They just never land, is the thing. Like, it's just not funny. Yeah. And, like, if there was a good punchline, I'd laugh, you know? <laughs> like, um, and that's, like, what I really don't understand. And so I think that can be really puzzling here. Because I'm, like... And I understand. Like, the way I come across... Like, I have a beard, and I, like, look very male. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I dress male, if you were to say that. Um, but I think, like the idea of, you know gender diversity right. is so prevalent in our in gay culture like even if we don't to acknowledge it like um like drag queens are you know and right. so this gets into another thing which we probably don't have time to talk about but i'm like I at know. what point is drag like like are you enjoying drag because you because it's mocking women or because it's celebrating women you know what Ooh. i mean and it's like i love drag I will tip every drag queen I see a dollar. That is one thing everyone must know about me. But I think there's an aspect that there are some people that... Some men that like drag because it is mocking women. And I think that's not cool. And I think that just plays into this idea of, like, not understanding, like, gender expression and gender diversity.
0: Yeah. There's...
1: I just opened up so much. I know. Much
0: with this. I know. And on the back end here, y'all, we have about three minutes left. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have so much that we can get into. And I think that you have brought up a lot of points about just existing as a human being in Provincetown and what that looks like for you as a brave 25-year-old. Yeah, really. (laughs) And um, I really appreciate you Bringing all these points to the surface, I feel like down the line, we're gonna need to have a part two conversation. But um, I would love to end just with one more question. And Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to wrap this up so quickly, but um, you talk a lot about that first time you came to visit Provincetown, right? Mm -hmm. And like how you still felt that there was some sense of magic even then. Mm -hmm. What is the magic that carries on today from when you first arrived here?
1: I mean, it's like whenever I have to leave town and I come back and I'm going over the hill like in Truro and I see the monument and I just like it's like I hear a gay men's chorus singing in my <laughs> brain, you know. There, But there is something it's just like the there is such a strong community here, even if we are fighting on Facebook every day. Girl,
0: don't <laughs> um, not go on the community space. <laughs>
1: but like the community is so, so strong. And um, I think it's something a lot of towns really envy. There's a lot of people I know that that want this experience in their yeah, life. Right. And I'm every day I do wake up like so grateful that I that there are so many people around me that do want the best for me. Yeah. And I think that is unfortunately very rare.
0: It is. And I feel so lucky to live in a town with you.
1: Same. Truly, I love you, you so much God. and
0: I really appreciate you being on today. Is there anything before we go very quickly that you want to shout out or share with people?
1: Well, I would like to say that Eden and I are the co-founders of the B-Plot Reading Series. Mm -hmm. And so once a month, we have a reading of a play. um, And so just, I don't know, Keep your eyes Check that out at the Provincetown
0: Theater, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok when we remember to post on there. (laughs) But thank you all for listening. This was an incredible conversation. Peter, thank you so much for being here and chatting about all this with me. I appreciate you so much as a human being, a friend, and now a podcast guest.
1: Love you. My king. I love
0: you. you. (laughs) All right, everybody. This was Seaside Storytime. I'm your host, Eden Allegretti. I hope you have the most wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Bye.